It is a football show, and my name is Zach Lyons. You can follow me on X at FWordsPod, and you can follow Easton on X at Easton Freeze, and he's filling, filling in for Braden Gall, who had a horrible uh, layover situation. Uh, they they saw him coming down, waving his phone, saying, I'm here, I'm here, because his connecting flight was late, landing, and they looked at him and just slowly shut the door. I mean, like right in his face, they shut the door. So uh, I don't know what airport he's uh, said to clean. I would assume maybe Chicago uh, because it's a, going from Green Bay to here. To It's not an airport uh, thing, Zach, though. It's a, it's an airline thing. And I know because yes. this exact same thing happened to me on the way to London to cover the Titans game. American Airlines has this thing where in their system, if the system recognizes that you're coming in for a layover, and it doesn't think you're going to make it, even if you can make it, it automatically bumps you from the flight. So we both got to our terminal on time. They're actively boarding. The plane is still there. And the people tell you, sorry, you can't fly. It's the most ridiculous, infuriating thing in the world. And it's happened to two people that cover the Titans in the last 21 days. They're out to get us. That's terrible. That's terrible. I, uh, I, that's why I try my best to find ways like I always plan my our trips around flights. I look mm. at flights first and then I plan the dates and the trips and I try a couple of that because I don't want a connecting flight. Get I direct want direct flights, flights yes. only. Yep. That's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so but speaking of good customer service, our sponsors, Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston segue. Group, both locally owned businesses, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. They are your everything. Do it all, home renovation, home building, does not matter what you need done. You go to the Kingston Group, locally owned, buildkg.com. And then Seekers Beverages, uh, winning awards left and right. They are the Ric Flair of liquor stores. They are undefeated, unbeatable. They are awesome. Seekers Beverages in East Nashville. They have once again reigned supreme in the Nashville Scene Awards. They cannot be stopped. They cannot be stopped, Easton. And you should go to yeah. go there this week and make sure that you get you the liquor that we picked out ourselves out of a barrel uh, as I cover right. my face. <laughs> Russell's Reserve, they still got it available. Tell them mm. that, hey, I listen to 440 Sports. I listen to a football show. I, I want that Russell Reserves back there, and they will bring it to you. You have to pay for it, but they'll do it. Yeah, it's, it's important. To Easton? Get all that out of the way. But before we get to our first topic, Mm -hmm. I would like to say, and I've already said it on Twitter or on X, and I've already said it in today's StackingTheInbox.com article. The story's not completely written on Will Levis. True. But I will have to say that as a guy that has, that started the hashtag Never Levis movement. Was that you? That was me. As a guy that... As a guy that w- was terribly down on Will Levis, that I remember that even yeah. if Will Levis had an average NFL career, I never would have dreamed that the performance that we saw yesterday mm. would have ever been ever existed. Because there's nothing on his college tape that shows that kind of that kind of player. And that's a good thing. I'm I'm glad. I am always sure. happy to be wrong. My my ego is not wrapped up in you know keeping track of who's right, who's wrong, or how many times. Because normally when I'm when I'm wrong, it benefits a team that I cover. So right. you know, right. hey, this is a beneficial thing. But we'll see. Hopefully, this continues on. So, but before we get there, let's okay. start with some negativity. And I was actually looking for my Kentucky flag that I had after they drafted him that I put up here, but I don't know what happened to it. I can't. Okay. I couldn't find it. So I was going to put up the Kentucky flag I see. as a as a secondary comeuppance, even though I've already done it once. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, well, can I before we get to the negativity? Ahead. Can I just I, I I feel like I owe it to the fine people that listen to this show. We've got our buddy James Foster in the comments. Always, always Levis. Levis. Always Levis. I, I'm going to give you as your friend a genuine compliment before I proceed to tear you down. Okay, so well, you can't really tear me down because it's because I've already you've gotten ahead of it. You're right. You've gotten ahead of it. You totally have. That's good PR on your part. You have. Well, I did Um, it yesterday. So, you know, you did. You did also tell you that you're going to serve me just dessert. So there's nothing better than taking the sales, uh, taking the wind out of someone's sales. That's right. I'll take your compliment. Yeah, here's the compliment, right? And I, I think even though you have done your best to take the wind out of the sales, the people are going to enjoy this either way. We're like you said, 
being right, being wrong, we're in the entertainment business, right? So whether we're right, whether we're wrong, it's about being entertaining. We try to be right more often than wrong. And you, my friend, have a very good track record of being right. You are very often right. It is one of the things that makes you worth listening to in this media space. However, when you are wrong, you tend to be wrong big. And you know what? That makes for more entertaining content. And I just have some receipts from X.com, from you, right. earlier this calendar year. Such as, uh, this was actually last year in December on Christmas Eve. You said the good news is the Titans losing streak. The rest of the way probably means a top 10 draft pick. The bad news is they might draft Will Levis. You said, I literally said Luckily, last year. I was right on that. They did not draft Will Levis in the this top is true. 10. Not in the top 10. This is true. You said in, in February, I literally said last week in a group chat that Will Levis was Hillbilly Jake Locker. Um, if that's mm-hmm. what Hillbilly Jake Locker was, then maybe I need to go back and listen to your Jake Locker episode with Stoney well, because I, will I must say be this, remembering very, how great his career was. Very reminiscent of uh, the uh, Jake Locker versus Detroit Lions and that epic comeback. Yeah, this is fair. This is fair. Of course, there's all the See, multiple I, I comments of everybody but Levis. Hashtag never Levis. Hashtag you said you're fairly Levis. confident that he's a quarterback that does not fit in the slightest with what the Titans want. Um, I mean, I could go on. I'm not going to, we could spend the whole show. That was on this, more about just, personality than skills, by the way. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, I just, I feel like we need to get those out there. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you're a fan of the Titans. Happy to be wrong in this case. And the, yeah. the story happy is far from written, but happy to be, happy to be hard, wrong. Hard, hard to have a better day. debut than that. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is one, yeah, it is one game. Sure. We may, we may in like 72 hours be talking about how maybe Levis does stink. Maybe he's not any good, right? They play again very soon and they feel very poorly. Well, I- I do have a take for later, or I guess okay. not a, really a take, but a, a comment maybe okay. on, on this uh, thing. But we'll get to that later. Because okay. first, I, there's like there's nothing that has brought me more joy than being wrong. Because right. I we, we now have something to actually talk about that's positive. Like an actual complete game from the entire Tennessee Titans from We've got juice offense, now. defense, special teams. But I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic. But first, the fans can never... Just enjoy the moment. They Let's always start with the dumbest become, shit of the week, everybody. Yeah. Here we go. They always have to become FBI profilers <laughs> when, when, and, you know, basically dissect the film from an inaudible audio video clip. So then there's no audio. Body language only. Right. right. Body language only. FBI profilers. It's like they're, they're the freaking Zapruder film has been unleashed <laughs> as the idiotic. Tunnelgate, Tunnelgate. Has, has popped up, which is these one of the stupidest and silliest things. Like, I didn't think that the the two tone booze could have been outdone, and then here comes <laughs> Tunnelgate. Right, just terrible, just terrible takes after terrible takes coming out of analyzing basically nothing. There is nothing here, and I I am just I'm I'm. Not surprised. I'm just disappointed that no one could actually just enjoy 10 minutes after the game. Like, it's like, as soon as they saw that, oh, well, the whole, uh, this this franchise sucks. Mike Vrabel needs to be fired. Can't believe Mike Vrabel put Will Levis in a weird, in this bad situation. Such a bad situation to, you know, go out there and throw four or four touchdowns. And have one of the best rookie debuts to be of the talk of the time. entire league on a Monday morning. What a horrible yeah. situation he was. What a horrible into. situation to go through. So you you obviously in the press box, and we'll, we're going right. to talk about some press box vibes later. Okay. You you go into the press box. You're covering the game. You come down. You cover the team. You're talking to players, talking to coaches. When you got online at some point and saw this tunnel gate, what yeah. were your initial reactions? It was a lot like you. It's like it was like a dad. It's, I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I wish I could say I'm surprised. Especially, you know, I wish I could say I'm surprised from whom a lot of this was coming from. Um, it was coming from the usual suspects, some of the dumbest people on the internet who give us these topics to talk about. So I appreciate the entertainment value, I guess. But. Yeah, um, it, it, it was ridiculous. It remains ridiculous. I've seen people continue to run with this this morning and into this afternoon. It's really, really dumb. And even worse than being just dumb and tinfoil hatty and conspiratorial for no good reason, like you said, finding a way to 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 really write 
a negative narrative when there was so much positive you could have drawn from this game, even worse than all of that, is the fact that it really is telling on yourself for not knowing anything about the way that this team and the people on this team operate. It is Mike Vrabel 101 day one material that he, every single week, is going to lift up guys when they are down and keep them humble when they are high. This is what he does. Every single comment he makes about every single player, new, old, young, first start, 70th start, whatever it is, it is always in an effort to pull them back down or lift them back up to stasis, to level. He does it about everybody, even his players that he loves the most. For Will Levis to go out there in his first game as a rookie, have an awesome performance. Anybody that knows anything about this team walking down those stairs from the press box to the bowels of Nissan Stadium to talk to Mike Vrabel about Will Levis could have told you exactly what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. And the fact that we're surprised by this, and then we find a video from our buddy Teron Davenport of Will Levis coming up the tunnel, Mike Vrabel stopping him to say something to him that, again, it's all body language or bad lip reading. We don't know what he said. Based on facial expressions, it seemed incredibly tame and mundane and routine and of no consequence. But of course, we have to find consequence. Well, and that's the thing, like uh, Jacob saying, I thought put it best on and that's Jay Sanity on X. He says, ask about a good performance uh, from the QB. You'll get an answer on the wide receivers. Ask about a good performance from the wide receivers. You'll get an answer on the offensive line. Right. Ask about a good performance from the offensive line. You'll get an answer on the quarterback. And I think that's that's a perfect way of describing it. It's and you're right. It's all. And I see a lot of people talking about, you know, uh, pretty boy, Kelly. You know, Vrabel just wants to make sure these uh, there aren't highs and lows for Levis. Vrabel's quietly thrilled. I think he Vrabel is, though. Was, that, that's a, it's I don't even know if he's quietly thrilled. I think it, he was physically in a yes. much better mood at yes. the presser yesterday, right? Like, that's what I said on a everybody... Hot Read podcast yesterday. Yeah. Absolutely, because th- that's another thing about Vrabel. Absolutely, that he has the, it's this shtick, and we talk about it in the media room all the time. Off of a loss, Vrabel is much more inclined to be in a better mood to field questions at the podium than off of a win. And so it's so predictable off of a win that he's going to come in there and somehow find things to be grumpy about. And it is just an extenuation of this idea that he wants to stay at level. When his team is down, he tries to lift them up with his positive presser. When his team is high, he tries to keep them humble, talking about the things they can do better and not being necessarily in a good mood. And I know that you and Braden talked about this a lot over the bye week. His body language in London, the way that he had been trending on the sideline and in the press conferences of just apathetic, lost kind of tired of the shit that this team he's having to deal with that that was really not it I mean it was it was a 180 in his press conference yesterday talking about this team he looked like he had a sparkle in his eye a little hop in his step he felt like a guy that had direction finally with a team that he's excited about once again and a player that he's absolutely excited about so I mean, Will Levis can go out there and throw four interceptions on Thursday Night Football. And I guarantee you in the press conference, he's going to talk about how I, th- I think Will did some good things. Um, didn't give, put him in the best situations. He made some nice throws. Some we want, we're going to want back. But overall, you know, he's a developing player. And we're, we're looking forward to getting him out there more often. Like, that's what you're going to get and if he, he plays poorly. he gave him some compliments today, right? He did. Like, in the press yes. conference on Monday, he gave him some, some compliments there. Um, you know... Will Levis kind of alluded to something. And I think that's kind of probably where we're hitting on it. But Will Levison, the Sunday press conference, you know, he talked about like he said something like, you know, what something Vrabel will probably tell us or told us or something like that. But it's like he asked everybody what time it is. And he's like, yeah. OK, well, I have like 12 minutes to enjoy this victory. Then it's on to <laughs> Pittsburgh. And Vray- so I kind of think that's kind of like what something that he was telling him was like, enjoy this right now. But we got to get back to work and build on it. Like to me, that is likely what is said. And I see a lot of people kind of alluding to it, too. Maybe some of them are stacking inbox subscribers. But, you know, a lot of people have said that Mike Vrabel had his hands forced or he didn't even really want Levis. And I don't know where this is coming from. Will Levis or Mike Vrabel is in charge. There is nobody making Mike Vrabel do something he does not want to do. Do you really think the owner that let the A.J. Brown trade happen right next to her is forcing Mike Vrabel to start a guy that he chose to draft? 
Like, it's like they're confusing. Let's be honest here. Willis. Are you are we sure we're not talking about Malik Willis in this conversation? Because yes. that's what it sounds like you're talking about. Right. So, like to me, we're we're not going to get into the two tone booze. Uh, it's not a rare th- Nissan thing to happen, and it's not a rare thing to happen in sports. Because uh, I, I see PBK wants our thoughts. If you want my personal thoughts, you can go to stackinginbox.com. But right now, we're not. I think that's such a non factor, and Vrabel put it to rest today that I don't even want to be the the the. I don't even want to give it this much air. There's less booing in Nissan Stadium than like 25 other stadiums in the league. Y'all are yeah. soft. In Philadelphia, they literally boo Santa Claus. Get over it. Right. Get over it. They throw batteries at people, push kids in <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> right. Dallas starter Jackson. Chill. Bush. Fans can do what they, they want. That's a horrible story. Um, so, like, let's just start off with. Uh, I want to know the vibes in the press box before we get to the ballad of Billy okay. Jean. Someone is already mad that this is this nickname is taken off. Listen, Billy Why? Jean's the Stonewash Stallion. The Stonewash Stallion is a good one. The Ooh. Denim Delivery Man is a good one. <laughs> okay. uh, the Bell Bottom Bomber. Ooh. I don't care what you call him, but you had a hell of a day yesterday. What were the vibes in the press box when he's going deep and they're taking all these deep shots and they're so beautifully thrown and dropped in the bucket. Like, cause that's not something you guys saw routinely in the off season. So like, what was the vibes in the press box? I think my buddy Mickey Ryan from one Oh four five said it best. Uh, I don't know if it was the second touchdown or the third touchdown, but at some point in the midst of the festivities where it was very clear at that point, the direction that this game was going and the narrative that was being the the web that was being woven by Will Levis and the things we're going to have to talk about him this week from this game, he leans back in his chair and just laughs to himself and kind of says to himself, I'm just happy to be here, guys. It's just I'm having a good time. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. What a time to be alive. Um, th- that That is generally the vibe. It was surprise at first. And I'd say after that first touchdown, it was, you know, less a wow look at will levis did and because that was his least impressive touchdown pass of the day he just threw it up there and an elite athlete went and make, made a play and and committed offensive pass interference always commit offensive offensive pass interference boys and girls you should always do that and a wily veteran like d hop is uh really one of he the masters of that of he's the yeah he's the opa opi guy and he, he was showing that in that first touchdown pass but really that second one and the third one and then you you know you're, you're waiting for the mistake that's kind of about halfway through the game. Things were going well. Personally, I was kind of sitting there like, okay, when's the rookie mistake coming? When's he going to throw the ball right to a defender? When's he going to take a sack at a really inopportune time? And he almost, to, to be fair, he did almost throw the ball right to a defender on that pass where he tries to throw it away at the feet of Chig. It hits the defender in both hands. He ends up dropping it. But ultimately, and that was, that was the really cl- kind of a good play by the defender. And it was a good like, play by the defender. Yeah. And it was the right idea by Levis. He just probably could have put the ball in a, a safer yeah. position. But the point is that which was of no consequence, ultimately, was the closest to a mistake that you really could find from his entire game. And so the vibe in the press box was high. The excitement level, I mean, the past couple of games at home in Nissan Stadium, we, you know, a a lot of the folks that have to reach deadlines with their stories or get as many quotes as possible after the game, you know, they're writing up their story towards the end of the game as we're seeing where things are going. And then at some point, there's a mass exodus when the the moment in the game, you can feel like we're not going to miss anything. We can go ahead and head down and get our seats and get ready for the for the interviews. There's a mass exodus of everybody. And that usually happens in the last minute or so of the game and then we all rushed down there the excitement was so palpable in this game a game that was not over people started heading downstairs earlier than i've ever seen them head downstairs i mean it was like i cannot wait to go talk to mike vrabel and will levis and deandre hopkins about this game i cannot wait to go get the temperature of the room in that locker room and to be fair it was one of the more enjoyable uh instances of having to cover all the activities down there in the, in the locker room, because everybody was in a very good mood. The vibes were high. The jer- I think the jerseys, the alumni weekend, everything I tweeted out before the game, as I did last Sunday night, when the Eagles were wearing their Philly green or their, uh, their uh, Kelly green throwback jerseys. I, I tweeted that day. Like some of y'all think that the Eagles are going to lose in these magnificent jerseys. That's strange. And then I tweeted the same thing yesterday. Like, do y'all really think the Titans are going to lose in these jerseys? There's you just can't. The vibes picks are undefeated. I think that the Titans should do everything in their power to wear them as much as humanly possible. Yes. Uh, I mean, I I just the vibe in the Lions household was it goes from seeing Malik Willis fumble 
And I'm just like, I just went up there. It's like this, this fucking idiot team. <laughs> like what? And I like, I put it out on X. I'm just, I just throw my hands up and I go, are you fucking kidding me? Out yeah. loud and Lauren's behind me. And I go, and she goes, what happened? I was like, well, these fucking idiots decide they're going to put Malik Willis out there by like the fifth play. And of course this guy fumbles and then he, Shows no effort to recover from it because don't it was boo, a though. bad snap. Don't boo. Yeah, don't boo him though. Don't you dare. And boo. Uh, I was just like, I just threw my hands up. And then Will Levis, you know, the defense looks pretty good, and we'll talk about everybody that's not Will Levis. And then Will Levis just succeeded any. I, I mean, for this game, I had moderate expectations. I was thinking, okay, like you know, a little bit over maybe. I'm thinking like 198 one touchdown, an interception, and a rushing touchdown. Like, I wasn't thinking anything crazy. Right. And and then I'm watching him, you know, go to the line, take it right up to, like, the, the one-second mark and, and get the ball hiked, make all these adjustments and everything. And there's just so much that he did. I'm like, that dude looks like an NFL quarterback. That dude looks like he has been playing NFL football <laughs> – for at least two years, for yep. two complete seasons. And I'm like, credit, and this is not being given out a lot to anywhere. Right. Or anywhere that I've seen. Credit to the staff. Because the staff got him ready. Yeah, they did. The staff, the staff has taken his progression, and we're talking about a guy that was injury-prone, indecisive in college, Um kind of you know just had his ups and downs and he ended up looking like a competent pro that was able to use his arm talent use his uh and use his legs to make plays where really ryan Tannehill was having a problem with that malik willis is shown to have a problem with that so to me i look at it all and i'm thinking this guy way way exceeded had have exceeded everybody's expectations even his own family like nobody thought that he was coming out and doing no. four touchdowns zero <laughs> interceptions and looked as efficient and as competent as he did with complex stuff that the titans quarterbacks have traditionally struggled with on a team that had only had two passing touchdowns thus far like it, it, it was it was the situation as well right trying to anticipate what he'd be able to do with this cast of characters based on what we've seen from them so far this season. I, I really am. I'm with you. I'm struggling to think of a prediction you could have had before that game that was reasonable and better than what he did. And I talked about this on the hot read podcast yesterday, which is a great episode. You should go listen to as soon as you're done listening to our episode here. Um, I, I feel like, and I don't want to put a hard ceiling on him because, you know, it's his first game. You'd imagine he can do better than that. But in the immediate, like this season, the next two, three, four, five games, if Will Levis is the starter for those games, I feel like this game kind of established what a ceiling for him looks like. That's not to be a downer necessarily. I do think it's fair to point out the offensive line deserves their flowers from this game. Mm -hmm. They did a very good job setting him up for success, giving him time to take shots downfield. Uh, which he did many times. Eventually, you're going to face a pass rush that is, I mean, the Atlanta yeah. pass rush is On just, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, on Thursday, you're going to face one better. Yeah, absolutely. And and when he's not kept so clean, when he's forced to navigate the pocket, extend a play, you know, get off schedule, does the decision-making start to become a factor? Does, um, you know, do you start to see some of those, that rookie panic set in a little bit and he makes a really poor uh, mistake? Like, the floor is not set yet. And so I think people should temper their expectations for what the baseline of Will Levis is. I don't think this is what it is, but at the same time, you can be excited because this was kind of, and this is the, what I wanted, I wanted to ask you Zach, because I, I talked to a number of buddies who are Titans fans and watched the game as pretty casual fans yesterday, trying to get their perspective on what they felt watching this after having watched Ryan Tannehill so much this season. And the resounding answer I got was, that it was a real breath of fresh air. And there was an element of sometimes when your team's in a rut, you just kind of need to change up. And that's kind of what it felt like. But something that a couple people compared it to, which I don't necessarily disagree with thinking back to my own experience with this game, it felt a little bit like that Denver game when Marcus is benched for Ryan, not to say that Will Levis is infinitely better than Ryan Tannehill is right now, but just from an athleticism standpoint, 
ability to take hits and navigate the pocket and extend plays and all and his decisiveness on his throws, willingness to take shots downfield. Like it's not as dramatic as going from Mario to Tannehill. But that same energy, that same feeling as a fan watching that breath of fresh air step into the offense and do what Will Levis did yesterday, I don't think that's too far off base. I got a couple of ways I want to take this, but at first I want to just want to answer the question directly without proposing something different. Okay. But I I am like I'm in amaze I'm stunned. I think that's the best way to, to put it is like I'm sure. stunned. And I think I would disagree with one of your points on there that this isn't as dramatic as a as a change from eight to seventeen. Maybe it is. Because I do. I, I okay. think Ryan Tannehill has not played well this year. No. In fact, I would almost go to say that I think he's played worse this year than he did in 2021. Mm. And I I just he has not looked the same. And so to me, what Will Levis was able to do, how he was able to connect, how he was able to make even throwing at the feet of Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry wasn't even looking at it to avoid a sack. Ryan Tannehill's taken that sack. Like Ryan Tannehill is creating a he's he's eating it hardcore. He, he there's no doubt in my mind that in that same exact moment, that same exact play, Tannehill's eating that sack. Or he's throwing like a weird interception or something, but more than likely he's taking that sack. So to me, I think this is a wild departure from 2023, Ryan Tannehill. Now, do I think that Will Levis is gonna go on to be 2019 or 2020? Um Ryan Tannehill? No, I, I mean, I, I don't. I think that that he will give this team, if given the chance to stay the starter, I think he will give this team a lot better opportunity to win games than Ryan Tannehill. And I've thought that this whole whole season after that Saints game, I was just I looked at Ryan Tannehill. I was like, this is not the same guy. Mm. And I thought that when you were at three and three, I wrote about it. I said. I am not sure that Will Levis couldn't have got you to three and three, or sorry, they were two and four. Two and four. I'm not sure that Will Will Levis couldn't have got you to two and four, just in a different fashion. Right. It may not look the same. It may be different games, but I'm not sure that Will Levis couldn't have gotten you there. And then after watching that game yesterday, I think he could. Now I got did get asked a question because obviously Marcus Mariota is and Ryan Daniels' debuts are eerily similar. Now, Will Levis is, is more impressive to me because it's against a better team defensively, but also how he scored the points. Like, you got to remember, there was a lot of, like, screens for... Some dump-offs. Yeah. That game, yeah. Yep. So this is a little bit different to me. I want to say this, though, because he goes... The, the guy that asked me this, his name is James, and he goes, Ken, what's going to make this different than Mariota's career? Like what is going to make Will Levis different? And the first From a thing prospect I, standpoint, it's not close. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it. I even I wasn't a Marcus fan, by the way, either. Okay. So maybe I just you know am whoever I'm not a fan of is going to end up throwing four touchdowns in their debut game. But I wasn't a Marcus fan, so <laughs> uh, I was a big fan of the trade back or trade for Philip Rivers. There was two different options there. I liked both options over Marcus at the time. Okay. I will look at it this way is that Will Levis is an entirely he's entirely differently wired than Marcus as far yes. as a competitor, as far as someone Marcus never wanted to change. He wanted to be that Aloha attitude. And if that's what he wants to do, you know, hang 10 or whatever and all that, he's going to do the same thing he always does every off season. But from everything we've heard from Will Levis transferring to Kentucky in the offseason, all this stuff that we've heard about Will Levis is that Will Levis is a competitor and always striving to make himself better. We even, of course, you were spared having to hear Beth Mow Mowens or Mowens, whatever her name is, and uh, James I've heard Loft nothing but bad things. Yeah. They were terrible. But the one thing they did bring up was that when they were talking to Will Levis, he even talked about, I had a really rough practice heading into their extended vacation time. So the we heard from Ian Rappaport that before they went on like their bi-week vacation that was like a couple of days long, he was getting reps with the ones and he he wasn't very happy with his performance. And then he came back and he says, I came back that next week and 
basically he rocked it. He he corrected everything he needed to correct. And there are things Will Levis has to work on to be successful against Pittsburgh. That's something we'll talk about on Thursday. It's because we're we're trying to be positive, positive vibes only. That's right. And and right now, they I I, I need Carth Rand Carthon to trade Ryan Tannehill. And the reason why is because I am death deathly scared <laughs> that Mike Vrabel, if he's healthy, is gonna somehow go back to Ryan Tannehill. And so like I just need it off my plate. And yeah, now, you're scared today, because he probably will. I mean, that's yeah. And Monday's today's presser, he kind of was like he hesitated and he kind of was like he wasn't was as very non-committal stern on it. But I'm afraid that with Will Levis going to Pittsburgh on a short week is going to expose some flaws that we didn't see versus the Falcons. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a healthy Tannehill still on the roster, just a little scared, just a little scared. Uh, But I think that there's more to Will Levis, the competitor mentally. uh, He's more driven. He's wired differently than Marcus. And really, 2015, Marcus had a rough rookie season, right? After that four-touchdown game outside of the uh, New Orleans Saints game, he had a rough season. And he showed what he could be in 2016, and he may have maintained that level of projection or that level of success had it not been for injuries. So the biggest thing for Will Levis right now, who has had injuries in college, and needs to stay healthy and hydrated because apparently he's a sweater. So I think oh, he's when a you sweater. Take, yeah, when you take include health and you include his ability, his mental and leadership abilities compared to Marcus's, I think you could feel good that he on Sunday laid a good foundation to build upon. He laid a good foundation that it's not going to look perfect every week his rookie year, but Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Josh Allen played 12 games his rookie season. And that's probably the most like modern quarterback that he's been compared to is Josh Allen. Like the ceiling is Josh Allen for Will Levis is what everybody says. Right. His rookie year, they um he threw 10 touchdowns in 12 games. Hmm. Will Levis already has four in one game, and he does have a favorable schedule. Once he gets on the other side of this Pittsburgh game, this is going to be a tough Pittsburgh game. He sure. does have a favorable schedule. So I don't know. Like, I I just, I don't think that the it's fair to Will Levis to compare him to Marcus and say, well, the other shoe's just going to drop at some point. I'm right now allowing myself to have a little hope, and I think everybody should be allowed to do it. It's totally different, and I agree. And uh, what you said a moment ago where, where you said, he set a baseline for himself this season. That's absolutely the case. And it's, it's the, it's really the reason why you look at him and you look at Marcus and it is completely different. If you just put your combine scout hat on and look at these guys as prospects, look at these guys in terms of ranges of outcome, what they physically are capable of doing is completely different, right? With Marcus, he did not ever have the arm that, that, that Will Levis has. Um, you could argue he was more accurate in college, but he was playing in an Oregon system where guys not complicated. His reads were straightforward. Guys were getting wide, wide open. He wasn't really having to test difficult windows um, and be aggressive with his throws. And you you saw that. I mean, the, the biggest thing when he stepped out for Ryan Tannehill all those years ago, or the couple years ago, um, the biggest thing with Ryan when he comes in is that he's so much more decisive. He's so much more willing to push the ball into tight windows and take a shot Um, with, with Marcus, he was never really able to throw outside the numbers. Well, I mean, Levis, did did we all see the pass that he dropped in a bucket to Traylon Burks at the beginning of the game? The second best pass of the day, in my opinion, um, only to the NWI touchdown, which is an unbelievable throw. Both of those throws are examples of (laughs) they're crazy. It's crazy. And both of those throws are examples of not just, really high level quarterback ability that if you can take that and boil it down and refine it and create a delicious single malt whiskey out of it, then you're, you've got something as long as you can get it to a polished final product. That's the key because that high end he showed absolutely is there already. It's on tape as well as on paper. Um, And it's the kind of thing that you never saw. I mean, 
we talked about this on the show yesterday. You're it's one game. We're not saying he's going to be one of these great quarterbacks. He's not, he's not going to necessarily be a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or a, or a, a Justin Herbert, but all of those guys in their young careers showed these exact type of flashes where you, you mm-hmm. sit up in your seat and you go, if you can just do all the other quarterbacking things at an average acceptable level and not constantly hurt your team. And you're able to do this on a consistent basis. That is some game-breaking stuff. It's a level of quarterbacking, not to disparage Ryan Tannehill, who has been fantastic for the Tennessee Titans for multiple years now. It's it's you, You've not seen quarterbacking like that for this team at the very least since McNair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say... I don't Just know if I've seen level. throws. I don't think I've seen throws like that ever. I, I, I would even say I think those I think, two I throws you're that right. you referenced are two of the the best rows I've ever seen for anybody in Titans restroom or Titans restroom, a Titans, Titans jersey. Right. And it's not even close. I don't even think it's close. And that's not recency bias. When that ball landed in Traylon Burks's gut. Yeah. Over a defender with another defender right behind him on yep. him. It was one of the, I, I looked at it. I looked at the replay. I watched it again. I've watched it several times today. And the way that he throws the ball to, like the mechanics to even get the ball out of his hand. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it's arm fucking, arrogance. Like he has arm fucking, arrogance. Like, that like, I dozen, beautiful. A half dozen guys in the league have that level of arm arrogance. And, and he's one of them. Yeah. I, I that's that's it's an ins uh, he has a top five arm cannon in the league. Like yes, I, it's safe to say it. Can he harness that, you know, and be able to to do that every week? I think so. I mean, when you're throwing deep shots to Nicholas Westbrook Akine and and DeAndre Hopkins, who Running hasn't 21 been- miles an hour, by the way. NWI was yeah. scooting on that play. Dude was sprinting I mean, like, full speed and didn't have to break stride for that ball. The the drop chick pass. The two Traylon Burks passes I thought that he should have got on each side of the sideline, I really thought he should have got both of those. Mm-hmm. You can say that it was a little out, but, I mean, toe-drag swag, that's why they call it that. Had a chance he was able it. to catch yep. it, and you, you got to be able to get your foot in. That's that's what you're paid to do as what should be, a in quotation, a number one wide receiver. Right. Um, we've seen – we listen, we have seen uh, Darius Jennings and Cam Batson make toe-touch – you know, toe toe drag swag catches like that sure. at Traylon Burks camp, but that's that's a topic for a little bit later. Can I ask you a question, but, real quick, on the topic yeah, of impressive ahead. throws? The the ones we've mentioned are obviously the most impressive in general. But knowing what we know about this quarterback prospect, knowing what we knew about him coming out as as a as a college player, and then watching him in in Ju- July and August in training camp, knowing what he needed to work on and what his weaknesses were. Personally, I was most impressed with some of the less significant throws. The one that stood out to me most when I think back on the game, and I don't even know when in the, I know it was like the middle of the game. It was like an out route or a sc- uh, an extended screen where Derrick Henry is in the flat and he's got to get it to him, but he's got the corner um, trying to jump the route and is directly in between he and Henry. And he just, puts this feathery touch on the ball yep. up and over the kind of pass that you see even the best quarterbacks in the league consistently miss one of those weird screen passes where you're like, what, why are the best passes in the league unable to do this kind of thing? Drops it in a bucket, hits Henry in stride over the top. And I believe it went for a first down, but it was those little touch passes. You mentioned the Chig dropped one wide open. That ball was not only directly at him, hit him in the numbers. Chig was not, it was not an over the shoulder catch. He was turned around facing the quarterback and it hit him directly in the chest. And it was like a, a touch lollipop pass. He didn't laser it into him either. The kind of pass that you're like, I'm not sure Will Levis is going to be able to do this on a consistent basis. He's got that touch now. You can tell he's been working on it. And he's and he's dramatically improved from even at the beginning of training camp when I saw him throwing the ball out there in the heat. Like, he was lacing it in pretty much everywhere. He's been working very hard on putting putting a little bit of – taking a little bit of mustard off of those passes, making them more catchable. And and making them safer in the instance of that that Henry pass where you got to get it up and over a defender and hit a player in stride like those were the things where I was like this guy's been he's been in the yeah. lab he he's got he's 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 erased one of the big things we were concerned about him uh, that category of his passing uh, toolbox 
One hundred percent correct. I, I think he, I think you said it best. He, he's that's a guy that's been in the lab. That's a guy who's been put in the work outside of the practice uh, curriculum. I guess you could right. say. Basically, he is doing stuff that either at home or doing stuff in another gym with other trainers. This guy's putting in the work, and that is something that everybody said that you you can knock Will Levis's decision making. You can knock that you know maybe he's on social media too much. You can knock so many things on Will Levis, but you cannot knock that the guy's going to put in the work when you get him. He's going mm. to do everything when he is on this team. And when he is doing stuff in practice, he is committed. He is committed to football 100%. And I think you're absolutely correct on that. Uh, It's just, it's unbelievable. And I want to talk about the complexities of the quarterback position, the stuff that I think I, I, the throws are the wild stuff. Right. But, and you talked about the feathering it in and the layering of throws. But I think the command and the calmness and the, Poise. What he was able to do, heading, getting out, in and out of the snaps, or in and out of the huddles, going up to the line, changing pass protection, changing run fits, calling audibles. There, there's a lot of layers just right there. That's first off, the team trusting him to do that because the team and the coach. Were you surprised by that? By you, the way. I was, they didn't put the training I wheels totally on him. I, I totally yeah. expected a training wheels game, and they let him. They let him operate the the, the offense. That, that's the thing. They have trust in him. That's the first thing. Not only was he able to do it, and the players were able to clearly understand his communication and then execute it. But one of the most important, two important things for me is that shows a tremendous amount of trust in Will Levis, and it shows that they brought him up like this staff. For all the knocks that's been made been made about, well, they don't they don't have a, a who's going to develop a quarterback on this? Can Mike Vrabel develop a quarterback? They've never done it. Why would they do it now? That is developing a quarterback. This like is that one. is proof. Yeah, that is proof that they yes. can do it, and they trust him to do it. And he did it. Like he communicated effectively, clearly. He even he tried his best to get them to jump off sides, just like Ryan Daniel. He, he tried did. his he did. best. Yeah. And but he had clear command of everything before the snap and he never got a, a, a delay of game and he came really close. But again, that is something that is that is outstanding. It The command, the poise, one pre-snap mistake all day. One. Yeah. And to, to, to your had, buddy Braden's credit, he did call it. There was yeah. one snap issue um, when yeah. he gets the false start because but that happens to even the most veteran quarterback. It happens. Like it's not a big deal. Right. It was, it was just, I'm just floored. Like I I know it sounds like we're just, you know, Oh, listen, we all know that's just one game, right? We all know that it can easily go off the rails. In fact, I would tell you right now, and I'll go ahead and throw this out there. Wouldn't it be wild if Ryan Tannehill or sorry, wouldn't it be wild if Will Levis, right? right? has a four touchdown game just like Marcus Mariota then turns around to Thursday night football against the Steelers and throws three interceptions just like Marcus Mariota did. <laughs> that would be wild. It wouldn't and it be is the, possible. I mean, it's very it's very within the cards. It really is. Yeah, it's you never very know. within the cards. But I don't need to see an exact duplication of the performance that Ryan Tannehill had or gosh dang I'm so used to calling Ryan Tannehill. There we go. Will yep. Levis had on Sunday. I don't need to see that on Thursday. I and just we're not going to I mean like people, get rational on. people know that it's not going to be that good. It's not going to be that perfect. There's going to be some more mistakes. That's just there's regression, right? I totally agree with you that the that his command was so impressive and the 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 fact that there weren't training wheels was credit to the coaching staff credit to the guys that developed him the only so i have no notes on that and i won't belabor the point i do want to point out i don't know if you notice this on the tv copy the one thing where he still there's some work to be done there's a little bit of rookie uh rough edges on his game he he's pump faking like stoney points out in the comments Elite, great pump fake, very, very, he's got very veiny arms. He's got strong hands, so you can really sell that fake, kind of like Big Ben who could just palm the ball and a, a full follow through, but it's a pump fake and you really get the defense to bite. The one thing he can work on is 
really just the fake handoffs. Every time he was going play action, he some very unconvincing sells of a handoff with the ball goes nowhere near the running back. If you didn't notice this, I encourage you to go back and watch it on the tape. But there were three or four instances of hilariously bad attempts at pretending to hand the ball off. So Ryan Tannehill is very good at that. He should just meet up with him this week and talk through how to how to be a little bit more sleight of hand could be, be useful in his arsenal, I think. Well, let me say this. Speaking of Ryan Tannehill, the, he was probably another impressive player that didn't even play in the game, in my mind, is because he's got the headset on, he's got yep. the iPad, and he is over there next to Will Levis Open out. every second with Tim Kelly. They're going over the plays. They're preparing for him. And I, like, I know everybody wants him traded and all that kind of stuff. And I do too. But if he's not traded and he, as long as he doesn't have to start or Vrabel doesn't force him to start and they let Will Levis play the rest of the year, there's no better guy that I can think of that can walk Will Levis through stuff on the sidelines. Because let me say something. Are you sure? I, I hear he's a bad mentor. Are we positive? Horrible mentor. Hor, hor, we can't right. go back to mentor yet. We already got tunnel gate. We can't go to mentor yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but a guy like that on the sidelines is invaluable because listen, your quarterback coach, I, I want to say that I think the quarterback coach is upstairs. I don't think he's on the field. I believe you're right. Particular, yeah. For this particular team. Yep. Tim Kelly has other stuff he has to do other than babysit the quarterbacks. Like there's other things that he has to go and do as an offensive coordinator. This happened with Jalen Hurts. When Jalen Hurts, uh, when he got the full time, full year to start in his second year, um, they moved, they had been uh not Ben Johnson, they had Brian Johnson up in the the booth. Okay. And that would have been Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator. And they eventually, when their struggles before they ended up going nine and seven and making it to the playoffs and getting their asses kicked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the, when Jalen Hurts started getting better is when they brought the quarterback coach down. Mm. Now, if you have Ryan Tannehill and he can do the stuff and he could be the kind of They're like go between, yep. that's a valuable thing to still have. It's not like. Yes. Like, to me, it's not a big deal. But I just want to say, that is what true leadership looks like. You can have your mentorships and shove them up your ass. That's what true leadership looks like. And that good for him. Like, good for Ryan Tannehill. And listen, I know everybody's like, well, he's already got fucking paid. Still, he doesn't have to do it. Like, he doesn't have to put on the headset and sit no. down to him and show him the iPad and walk him through certain things to look for. And just like you said, there, I think that Ryan Tannehill is active. He could be in a box action. somewhere if he wanted to. I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. Ryan Tannehill is one of the better play action quarterbacks. If he could teach that to give that to Will Levis as like a send off, a going away present, that's only going to up Will Levis's game just that much better. So, like right now, I'm just like all positive vibes, and you know, I'm just. I just know impending doom and dread is going to creep in probably tomorrow or Wednesday as we get inch closer and closer to the Steelers game. But right now, all positive vibes. I have I have a I have very little to say other than I'm glad that for one game I was proven wrong about Will Levis, and I hope, and I hope that Will Levis continues this upward trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I it's at this point. I think it's it's important to temper expectations. Again, they're go he's going to stumble. He's going to have some bad rookie mistakes. That this is Greg Cosell put it best. Um, I think w w coming out talking about Will Levis as a prospect, he's the kind of quarterback that you need to give reps and need to allow him to make the mistakes. He's as Mike Ribble said yesterday. You're only going to learn by being out there and doing the thing. And so yeah, he does not believe in preseason or practice. <laughs> no, absolutely. He does not No, he made that very clear. And so hopefully the Titans organization, Titans coaches give him that opportunity to be out there, to make it happen, to learn on the job, to make some mistakes and improve and, and give us a decent look over the next 10 games in hopefully in my opinion, at least um, a, a look at, at what he could be for this team and, hopefully solidify the idea that this should be the guy you start to spend a hundred million dollars of free agency cap money next season on building around and trying to move forward and take this team from being kind of rudderless kind of on the verge of being directionless and the future being really unclear to the future being very clear and your viability being high immediately. I'm with you. You always want more answers and questions at the end of the season, regardless of wins and losses. Well put. And right now, 
that's a that's a good start to having the answer of who the quarterback is going to be in 2024 and can you build around them? Because right now, when you have C.J. Stroud, when you have a, a healthy Anthony Richardson, when you have you know Trevor Lawrence all in the same division, you, you need a quarterback. You this team could get by without they could get by with like a Derek Carr, or Ryan Tannehill. But right. if you really want to be taken seriously, they need that next quarterback that next tier above those kinds of guys. And if, if I could put, if we could extrapolate, which we can't this one game and spread it over a course of a 17 game season, obviously will love is better than any of those guys. But sure, yeah. If you take the best we, game, absolutely. We still, we still got a long way to go. <laughs> it's going to be a lot worse games eventually. Yeah. You got a good start. And speaking Great of start. a good start, uh, I would say we're going to talk about, we're going to spend these last nine minutes of the show talking about people <laughs> that are not Will Levis. Right. And there were other players on the field. This defense sprung up to life, uh, specifically the pass defense. The, the rush defense was 25th and 24th in terms of EPA and success rate. But they were top 10 in both dropback EPA per play allowed and then success rate allowed. Top 10. This This defense was top 10. And you can say, well, they played Desmond Ritter and Heineke. Heineke was moving the ball on them, and they still they still landed in the top 10. And I will also say this. They just looked, as an entire unit, more feisty. And I'm going to have to say, this had the opposite effect on, jo- on the team than when John Robinson was fired. This team went on a big losing streak, right? I mean, they, they were already on one, but they went even deeper. It looked hopeless. Kevin right. Byard gets traded. All they did was answer questions about Kevin Byard, Kevin Byard, Kevin Byard, as appropriately as they should be asked questions about Kevin Byard. I mean, it's a right. huge linchpin of this entire franchise. And he, he's he gone, and they they did what they said, right? Jeffrey Simmons said after the London game, people need to show that they want to be here. He, he himself, Hooker, and many others all said, at various points in times that we just have to step up in his absence and perform on the field. And it's for at least one game, at least one game, this defense lived up to everything that they said that they were going to do the week leading into the game. Now they got to do it again and they have a prime feisty matchup with this, the Steelers, which should be a rock fight, but this defense should feast on Thursday. So they have to keep the momentum going. There are no signs that Kevin Byard, like everybody said, who is an aging safety, his presence dictates whether this defense is good or not. No, absolutely. I agree. I mean, Logan puts it best here. Kevin Byard was holding the offense back. You can't deny the cause and effect here. Um, and I totally agree. And, and Stoney points on here in the comments, haven't gotten his hands on the all 22 initial impression, however, was that Fulton actually played pretty well. Um, I think that it was one of the better Fulton, maybe his best game of the year. Now, you know, you parse that with going up against. Jasmine Ritter and Taylor Heineke like this is the get right assignment absolutely and he got right so well well done on his part but I totally agree and, and you talked about this last week I, I echoed it on our show K- moving Kevin Byard could very well and I think right now it certainly looks like one of those moves that they did in fact lay the groundwork for in the summer and they may very well have been planning on doing all along regardless of whether this team is going to be a buyer or seller or somewhere in between at the deadline so I don't, I don't see, as you pointed out last week, like this team's pass offense, the pass defense, rather, it was very, very bad to the first six games with Kevin Byard out there for every single snap. Getting rid of him only me, you know, maybe getting worse when you get rid of him means you go from 31st in the league to 32nd. But like when you're that far down, there's not much further to fall. And I, I do think that uh, a move like this to Levis, not to bring it back to Levis, but this kind of thing that can really bring a spark, a bit of a honeymoon period to an entire team when you feel like you've got some juice. And we see this with backups and rookies all the time, right? The defense, the offense, everybody on the team kind of rallies around that guy, rallies around the energy that that guy is bringing to the team. The fans are bringing because they're excited about it. That's where this team is right now. They just have to do their best to ride that high. I know if you look at the year on a whole and take home and away split seriously, which some people do, some people don't like Titans have only had any success at home this year. So we asked Rebel about that today. What like trying 
desperately to finally find some, some success on the road. We asked him, what was it that you guys aren't doing on the road that you're doing at home? And his point, which is a good one, he said, it's not about what we're not doing on the road. It's about what we are doing on the road. Committing dumb mental errors, pre-snap penalties, turning the ball over, all of these mistakes where we're constantly shooting ourselves in the foot, getting ourselves off schedule, making our job way too hard, and ultimately costing ourselves these games. We've got to be better in that way. And uh, I think that on a short week, it's going to be a difficult one. Pittsburgh is a big road environment, but I mean, you already hear some injury news this morning. Mika Fitzpatrick, their star safety being out is a big, big deal. Um, you may or may not be getting Kenny Pickett. If so, it'll be a banged up version of him. And you've got Mitch kissing titties behind him that you're not exactly scared of. If you want another Christian Fulton get right game, there's, there's your get right game right there. Um, I think that this team is, is an interesting one and one that I kind of think is going to get back to 500 really quick. And by Friday, we're talking about this team being 500 and what does the rest of their season look like? But it then bodes, it then brings up the question of, well, I guess that then it's too late, but right now the question Zach and with the trade deadline looming tomorrow is, is it 24 hours away? What time is it tomorrow? Yeah. Like four o'clock into 3 PM, 3 PM so central. Like 59 so 9 PM. So you got 25 hours if you're the Titans organization to make a decision on if you're going to move anybody. The reports are kind of all over the place as to what they're actually interested in. If you're the GM, are, are there other pieces on this team you're still looking to move besides Ryan Tannehill? You made that part clear. Yeah, I, I think you can move Ryan Tannehill. I still would move Christian Fulton even after one good game. This is probably okay. basically the the, Try the to best time to move Christian Fulton <laughs> is to, after he's had a good game, to be honest right. with you. And there are teams that are in desperate need of cornerbacks. There's teams that need quarterbacks. If you don't want to move Ryan Tannehill, I'd move Malik Willis. I mean, why not? Why not move Malik Willis? It's for not what? like for anything. Seventh round pick. For anything. Move him. Like, I mean, he's a third round pick. That's not going to, he's a backup quarterback. That's not going to play. Sure. He may play somewhere else and he may turn into the next Geno Smith for someone else. You never know. Sure. For you, the Tennessee Titans, Malik Willis holds zero value. So if you get any kind of value in return, that is a plus for this, for this team. Like you can find a, another quarterback to come in and back up and fumble balls like Malik Willis does. Like, there, right. there's tons of those out there. But so if you can get a pick back for somebody, that is that is fine. If you see that the Tennessee Titans maybe have worked out a couple quarterbacks today, if they worked out and maybe they, that means that, hey, one of these quarterbacks is about to be on the move because if they worked them out, they're they're probably going to have them on the on the back Inquire end. Inquire about to Tommy DeVito. Is Tommy DeVito available? Yeah, there you go. You know, you never know what they're going to do. So it's it's interesting, going to be interesting to see the workouts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, is there any contracts that are made, the adjustments that are made in the next hour? So by 3 p.m., any contract adjustments you have to make to maybe facilitate a trade uh, of some sort? I will say this, don't be buyers, be sellers. But at this point, I'm still okay with they were to get something really, really good for Derrick Henry. Uh, if Derrick Henry's contract gets messed with and it's out there, it gets out there, Derrick Henry's getting traded. Right. Yep. To say that. Mm -hmm. But if if for some reason that they do trade Derrick Henry, I don't think it's the end of the world. But I would think at this point, I I hate to say it, this team can in this AFC landscape with three wild card teams, this team right now does not have to win the division to make it into the playoffs. It not really does. Not necessarily. Because right now, everybody's kind of piss poor and you have a favorable schedule. And if Will Levis plays even remotely close in most of these games and gets you into a nine and eight, eight and nine range, that's that's a wild card team. Well, and so, a lot of the AFC is beating up on itself, too, right? Some of these divisions right. like the AFC North, AFC East, they're, you know, the talent of their team is not necessarily going to be directly reflected by their record because somebody has to lose these ball games, right? And right. with the Titans, their advantageous record, their advantageous situation in their division, that that's not something uncommon to see the weakest division get. I said one of my preseason hot takes was that either, if not both, of the AFC South and the NFC South would have two playoff teams by dearth of the fact that they're crappy divisions that have really, really easy schedules. And yep. that's how you get some kind of maybe fraudulent playoff teams in there, but they get in nonetheless. You know, I, I think that if you trade a Traylon Burks or Chica Conquo, I don't think it's the end of the world, by the way. Yeah, should we talk I about those guys? Because you want to find a real negative in this game. 
Let me just say this: sophomore s- slobs is what they are. They are we're they out of the are, slump. We're into the slobs. Yeah, they're in slob territory, especially Traylon Burks, who is not a number one wide receiver, and he's struggling to even be a number two wide receiver right now. Uh, he's not making wide receiver NFL wide receiver plays that he should be making with the pedigree that he was given by every analyst, by every coach, by everyone that watches football. That was a first round wide receiver, and he's not playing first round wide receiver ball and chig whoa boy i I mean you and i both have been like big chig Conquo fans and i mean pretty much everybody has right it's so sad it makes me sad the biggest disappointment (laughs) i of of a lot of titans players i i think he's a bigger disappointment than burks because he's playing he's actually playing and consistently and he is just like i don't know like i don't know what's going on with chig Conquo. And I know that you and JT weren't big. Like you guys didn't really understand the whole Josh Wiley pick. And you guys, even after the one good game, you kind of like downplayed it. I don't know, man. Like Josh Wiley looks a lot better in all phases of the game. The chick of I mean, he's does. starting to force me to come around. I don't really have a choice. Yeah. Do I? It's, yeah, it's, it's not really that Josh Wiley's good. In my opinion, my hand. I would agree. It's chicks that bad. Like chicks yeah. that bad right now. It seems like every it's single like, game he, and I've said it for a couple of weeks, he has to drop one pass in order to catch more to. passes. Because yeah. he goes and makes that catch yesterday where the ball's thrown behind him. It's as he's falling to the ground. He's It's a contested catch. You're like, we can catch that. But he could, the, 10 seconds ago, he caught one, hit him in the yeah. chest directly. 20 yards worth of room to run. Lollipop pass. I, I don't know what we're doing. A bit of info from today on Traylon Burks. And this is not this is not necessarily related to his performance. But it, you know, just do with this info what you will. I find it interesting. I was talking to my buddy, Sam Phelan. He spoke, I didn't catch trail on yesterday before he left in the locker room. Sam did. So I asked him what he talked about, and what he asked him about. And, and it sounds like Traylon was alluding to the fact that his first injury this season, the one that he sustained in, uh, in the preseason and then came back from in time for the first couple games, he makes it sound like he was never really healthy coming back in those games. And it was frustrating that he was physically felt like he was being held back. Um, And then it, he said this, this yesterday's game was the first game this year. It's what he alluded to. He didn't say explicitly, but this was the illusion that this was the first game all year where he really felt like he didn't have any physical limitations. Now that's not good news, obviously, because in this game, he, you know, he did what he did and he, and he didn't make plays when he could have made some really nice plays for the team. But, um, if you're looking for any silver lining with Traylon, maybe the argument is this was his first game where he's been physically healthy and let's give him a couple of those games to kind of find his rhythm. Again, I totally get that that can be seen as reaching. It may have no bearing on the situation at all, but it is a bit of information that I think is valid. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I, you know, sometimes when I think about these players that say, well, I just kind of playing through injury, but were you? Where are you playing through an injury? I just don't know. It's convenient to mention now, right? It It is is very convenient. Because that I always think about that when people say, like, obviously you could tell Jeffrey Simmons is playing through injury because his play dropped. The problem is, is healthy Traylon Burks is the same as injured Traylon Burks. So can we really believe that he's actually injured? I guess that's just kind of where I'm at. But, like, there's all kinds of players that that qualifies for. Right. That will do it for us. I hate to end on a bad note. But let me say this. We'll uh, jeans for one game. The stonewashed stallion was amazing, and he brought so much joy into my life and so much joy on the Twitter that I am just, I'm ecstatic. I can't, though, I've always said that, like, even if Will Levis gets to start, at least it's something exciting and new to watch. And it was that. There was a vertical element to this offense that has been sort of lacking. Like, it's been there, right? Like, we've seen. They've been trying it. They actually hit on it this week. They yeah, did. They, they actually did the thing perfectly. They have the quarterback that can run the offense that they want to run, which, by the way, is a more modern style offense than anybody it wants was. to give Mike Vrabel yep, credit was. for. It was. Yeah. FYI, yep. they have the quarterback that can do it now. Hopefully, uh, so hopefully he stays healthy, and hopefully that he continues his progression. So I'm excited. I'm just. I'm just. Zach, if he, it, 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 we, we, we've mentioned the possibility of this Thursday him, you know, coming back down to earth. If he goes out there and throws for 260 yards three touchdowns and the Titans win by seven plus points it is the, the mini buy the next 10 days. Is this, 
is it going to be safe? Like, is the is the FDA going to allow us to exist for the next 10 days in this space of Titans fans? What what kind of pandemonium will we experience if he has a really a, a repeat performance? I'm not saying he will, but if he did, I mean, holy if, if he does, like it's you're going to have to call like the hospitals are going to be flooded with like, hey, it's been Dopamine four overload. hours and this isn't going away. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I won't be able to contain myself. Like, sure, I I, won't be, I, you know, I tell it's telling you I'm leaving with an early flight on Friday. I I probably won't even sleep if that happens. Like, I won't be able to, <laughs> and it'll be all I'm thinking about. Yeah, while I'm on this vacation, is all I'm gonna be thinking about is Will Levis for like the next ten days. Like, fair enough. That's all, I, and it's gonna be it's, and I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay sure. with listen being extremely wrong. As long as it provides good football, that's all I freaking care about. That's right. That's all right. I want is good quality football on my television when the guys in two-tone blues are down there. Uh, that will do for us. Sinkers Beverages, the Kingston Group, are great and wonderful local sponsors. Uh, Sinkers Beverages, go there for all your liquor needs. Go there for your beer, your liquor, your wine, your mixers, your whatever you need. Sinkers Beverages has it's one of the nicest liquor stores in nashville and that's why it's in a continually an award-winning liquor store and then you have the kingston group buildkg.com they have their awards as well and to me there's nothing like i because i've been in a couple of their houses they've remodeled and built we we've broadcasted from there before right right up my alley are some of the design choices they make the way that they do everything and everything's so artfully crafted and they take really good care of their customers that if you have anything, you don't have to use them if you give them a call. But give a call, get their information as my dog decided, that, hey, my Very bed is over on this thing okay. that is not uh, stable for the bed. And he just fell into like a big box. <laughs> um, but either way. Go over to the Kingston Group. They could build your dog, maybe even a bed that is stable. And uh, let's let's uh, let's knock this out. Get Kingston Group a call. That's all you got to do. For Absolutely. Easton Freeze, who's filling in for Braden, thanks, Easton. It's been nice to have you on. Follow yeah, him on X at Easton Freeze, Broadway Sports Media. Then you also have the Hot Read Podcast. Catch all of his right. stuff. Go subscribe to the Hot Read Podcast. And they do YouTube shows with JT. Then I am Zach Lyons for StackingInBox.com, 440 Sports, Football and Other F-Words on Wednesdays. Uh, next week, Stoney will fill in for me with Mike. So that will be a, I think, a first. I don't think Stoney and Mike have ever done a solo podcast. I, I, I'm going to have to tune in. That's a nice combination. So that'll yeah. be Football and Other F-Words on Wednesdays. Uh, make sure you tune in this week for me and Mike on Football and Other F-Words. And, of course, go subscribe to StackingInBox.com. For Easton, I'm Zach. This has been a football show. 